Um, wonderful. Well, good to be together again. Uh, last Sunday, of course, was our 15th anniversary as a church, uh, our 15th birthday. Hard to imagine 15 years goes by in many ways so quickly, and yet so much has happened. And we, we, we obviously took time and want to, con- want to appreciate all that God's done in those years, in and through everyone that's been a part of our church, many thousands of people who are all in different parts of the world doing different things, very thankful for the part that each and every one played and the part that you're playing right now. And especially as we emerge from this season, and of course, we are not out of the woods yet with the whole COVID situation, but we will be. Thank you for that underwhelming response. We will be. And uh, like Jesus was asked, when, when are you coming back to restore your kingdom? Jesus said, no one knows that hour except the Father in heaven. Well, no one knows when we'll be fully out of that season, but our heavenly Father. But we will be. And God is with us in the midst of it, and he's working in us and through this situation. And... Uh, Like in any situation, in any circumstance, there's things that we can learn, there's ways that we can grow, and of course, for many of our church who are either watching online or just taking their time to kind of re-enter and re-gather, we're just taking it one week at a time. Take the next step. If you're watching online, you want to join us, uh, we'd love you to be here and be a part of our services. Okay, last week... I spoke on rest and restoration, rest and restoration, because it was our 15th anniversary, and in the Bible, the number 15 is symbolic of rest and restoration. On the 15th day of the first month, uh, the, the nation of Israel celebrated a feast that was a memorial of the Passover where they were delivered from Egypt, and it was a day of rest. It was the beginning of a day of rest. On the 15th day of the seventh month, which was the first month of the second half of the year, they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles was when they remembered how they were delivered after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, and they lived in booths and tents out in the wilderness for 40 years and it was a remembrance time when they remembered the deliverance that God gave to them. And it was a day of rest when they remembered the restoration that God had brought to them. So 15 is a number when we, when we rest and we remember the restoration or we focus on the restoration. So I spoke on that last week. And like I said last week, does that mean that because we have reached the age of 15 as a church that miraculously, we're all going to experience rest and restoration? No. But what it does do is that God uses seasons, God uses numbers, God uses times and in order to highlight things to us that He wants us to refocus on in our lives. And so, it's a great time for us to to focus on rest and restoration. And I feel like as a church, uh, and the church worldwide, but for us as a church, uh, 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 it's a moment when we can focus on that coming out of the last 
15 months, pretty much. March, April, May, June, July, 17 months now. Uh, 17 months of, of the COVID, the impact of COVID and the disruption of COVID. Um, and as we emerge out of that, as we experience, in a sense, a, a deliverance from the COVID uh, and whatever that season is and however long it goes, we can know that in God we can rest. And in God we can experience restoration. Rest is not just the absence of trouble. Rest is not just the absence of work. Rest is not just the absence of storms. Remember, Jesus went to sleep in the middle of the storm. He rested in the middle of the storm while his disciples were freaking out. They were terrified, even as seasoned sailors. And amongst them, there was a tax collector, a zealot, and, uh, and others. Uh, but uh, Peter, James, and John were all fishermen, and they were familiar with the Sea of Galilee. They were all terrified, and yet Jesus was able to rest in the middle of the storm. He was able to experience the peace that Di talked about earlier. We can experience rest. We can experience peace in the midst of the storm. And then when we've been through a turbulent time, when we've experienced loss, we can experience restoration. And God promises in the book of Zechariah, when the nation of Israel returned from their captivity, when they were taken captive by the Babylonians, first the Assyrians took the nation of Israel captive, and then the Babylonians came, the Babylonians defeated the Assyrians, and the Babylonians then took the nation, the Jewish people, Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, they took them captive. And when finally, after 70 years of captivity, they returned... God said to Zechariah, who was the prophet, who prophesied into their situation. How many of you know that whenever we go through a difficult time, God wants to speak into that situation through His Word, which is why it's so important that we open up His Word and we begin to read or continue to read and continue to study His Word. God wants to speak into that situation. And Zechariah said to him, said to them, um, you know, I bring hope to, I, 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 I want to speak to you prisoners of hope. Behold, I will restore to you double. God wants to restore double to us. What have you lost? They call me Mr. Lost and Found. Because if I lose something... I'm going to keep looking for it until I find it. I don't know what it is. It's the way I'm wired. Some people are different. Di is very different to me like that. She can lose something and experience perfect peace. She's more spiritual than me. I can't. I've got to find it. There's something inside me that has to find what's lost. Well, God not only wants to restore to you double he not, not only restore to you what you've lost, he wants to restore to you double that which you've lost. Now, you might say to me, God cannot restore to me double what is lost because what I've lost is something that I can, can never be restored to me the way it was before. Just recently, Di 
lost her beautiful mum, who went out into eternity, was unable to go back to Australia to be with her because of the COVID restrictions and the fact that to go back was very, very difficult, required two, year, two years, two weeks of, of, uh, of quarantine in a hotel room that you can't leave, that you're locked in for two weeks. And, um, and were, her mum went out into eternity, went to be with Jesus. She was only able to communicate with her by, by uh, uh, FaceTime. And then, of course, when the, the uh, service, the uh, memorial service was held, we watched it as a family online from the other side of the world. That what was lost, her mum was lost, can never be restored to her the way she knew her, the way many times she says to me, I, want, I just feel like talking to my mum. I just want to talk to my mum. Anyone who's lost a loved one, I, you know, Lisa, without picking people out, but Lisa Geiger, who, who lost her son Danny, many, many times, I'm sure she would say, I want to talk, I, I just feel like I just want to talk to Danny. And the loss, that loss can never be restored in the same, in exactly the same way. However, the hope that we have as followers of Christ is that when God restores what is lost, he restores it in such a way in the infinite scheme and plan of God in such a way that we will receive double for what we've lost. That means I'm declaring for Di that with her mum, she's going to receive double for what she's lost. Maybe not in this, not necessarily in the same way, but God is going to restore to her. And how God does that is God's way. Of course, we know in eternity, we will be in eternity together in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye, for those that have gone out into eternity, we'll be there. For us, maybe it'll be a long time. For me, it'll be another hundred years. But they'll open their eyes, bang, and there I'll be there. A hundred years later, for them, it'll be like a minute. And God, in the meantime, restores because what I talked about today was so significant, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings to us His presence. The Holy Spirit brings to us His peace so that we can know a peace, we can know a comfort, we can know that strength that we would never otherwise be able to experience or know. And so when God restores, He doesn't necessarily replace but he restores double. And we have to believe God for that. That maybe the joy that we've lost, maybe those moments that we think I'll never be able to enjoy that moment again, as time goes by, God will restore that. And the memories and the sense of his presence and the new life that he brings into our life. And again, I don't, you know, again, I'm talking about someone who we've journeyed with, with the Geiger family, but for for, for them, you know, the birth of their granddaughter, what a joy she has been and what a joy she has brought to them as a family. And God brings to us a restoration that is not a replacement, but he promises that he will restore double to us. And the loss will always be there, but God restores and he brings and he brings new life and he always restores what is lost with new life. And so, as we think about that, 
God is a restorer, and we can rest. We can know that peace. We can know that rest in that restoration. I think about it very much uh, along these kind of lines because I grew up in England. I know you, you could feel sorry for me because uh, I grew up in that miserable climate. In winter, it's miserable, but in summer, it's glorious. It goes from miserable to glorious. And I grew up in the Thames Valley in Oxfordshire, about 15 miles from Oxford. And uh, in the winter, it was always very misty, very foggy. And it was cold, and it was damp, and it was wet, and it was miserable. And I, I literally hated the winters, and I could not wait. I used to watch the, the swallows who would migrate in, in fall, and they would migrate to North Africa. And I would imagine that I was a swallow migrating to North Africa, where I could get away from this miserable weather. And so that were probably was a part of what initiated my travels around the world that caused me to end up in Australia and then eventually here. But the point that I'm making is this, that the trees, if you've ever been to England in the, and, and actually recently we were in Virginia and, and, and just beautiful forests in Virginia with beautiful roads going out to Yorktown in that area with that, were, that are in, you know, trees that cover the the, the, the lanes and kind of going through a tunnel of this beautiful green with the sunlight coming through. Just glorious. And then winter comes. And those trees look ugly. And they look almost sinister in the gray and the cold. And it's like, I don't want to go outside there. There'll be dragons out. And then... And, you go out and, and it's like, this is not the same. All that glory, all that wonder, all that beauty is lost. But then the wonder of it is that when the season passes, you begin to see those little buds forming on the tree. And there was a tree outside my bedroom that my family called Jonathan's tree because I would watch that tree very carefully. And when the first buds appeared, I'd be saying the first buds appeared because I'd be waiting for the buds to form and the leaves to begin to, to, to sprout. And new life would come. And new life would come out of the loss of all those trees that had fallen in, leaves that had fallen in the fall. And it was a glorious new season. And the sun would begin to shine. And I would say, oh, what a glorious thing to live in England. I'm so glad I live here after having gone through several months of hell. Um, but the point that I'm making is God always restores what is lost. And every year that tree, that tree grew bigger. And every year it had more leaves on it. And every year it became more mature. And every year it became more beautiful. Until we sold the house and the new owners cut it down. Um, but I'm just throwing that in there for good measure. But God restores are you hearing, are you catching this this morning? He does not replace, but he restores. And that's what David said. He restores to me the joy of my salvation. He restores to us the vision that may have waned. He restores to us the energy that was lost. He restores to us the vitality that 
maybe has ebbed away. God is a restorer. And God wants us, and I believe in this season, we've lost a lot over the last 18 months or so. There's been a lot that's been lost. There's people who've lost loved ones, people who've lost jobs, people who've lost relationships, people who've lost connections, people who've lost momentum. We lost any momentum that we had as a church, we lost, and churches all over the world experiencing the same thing with people slowly coming back into church. Much of that has been lost, but here's the thing. God promises, and we can receive it, and we can declare it. I promise that I will restore to you double in Jesus' name. So as we move forward in this, and uh, there is no way that I'm going to get through my message this morning, so I'm just going to take my time because I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do something in this service and speak to each and every one of us in a, in, in a unique way. But I want to encourage you, just as we start, that you and I can know rest. Be still, my soul. Be still, and that we can know restoration. The, the reality is that we all have to learn how to navigate difficult seasons. And this season, no doubt, has been a difficult season. We, we all say, and we've heard it said many times, that this has been the most difficult season in living memory. But if you lived through many other seasons, you would say this pales into insignificance compared to the Spanish flu, the First World War, the Second World War, the seasons that others have gone through. So we are not alone. We are not the only generation in history that has had to navigate difficult seasons. But there are certain principles in God's Word that we can apply in the midst of that. And the, th this is something that came to mind uh, to me recently because this has not only been a difficult season for us because of uh, COVID, but it's also been a difficult season politically. It's also been a difficult season in California. We, I mentioned last week that many people are you know, there's a migration that's taking place that many people moving out of California because of, you know, maybe for the way that things are handled, taxes, government, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't even want to get into that. But I, I do want to talk about this. I do, do want to talk, say this. God is on the throne. doesn't matter who the governor of California is or the president of the United States is. God is on the throne. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on God. God is on the throne. His promises are sure. His promises will come to pass. And I'm believing for rest in this season. I'm believing for restoration in this season. I'm believing for God's provision in the middle of this season. I'm going to keep building. I'm going to keep planting. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep speaking life. I'm going to keep speaking hope, and I'm going to keep focusing on Jesus, whatever's going on around about, because he is the one who is without beginning and without end. He's the one who is faithful. He's the one whom we can build our lives upon. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the God of the universe, and there's nothing that can stand against the church of Jesus Christ.
And I was thinking about this recently. I was thinking about so much of the chatter, the voices. How, how many voices do you hear speaking every week? We used to have a parrot, an African gray parrot, when I was growing up in England. And, you know, you'd open the door, uh, uh, you know, maybe you went for a drink of water in the middle of the night. We didn't have bottles of water in those days. Anyone, if you told anyone back then that people would make fortunes selling bottles of water, they'd go, are you out of your mind? You can get it from the faucet. I'm not rambling this morning, by the way. I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> and the parrot would be there, and it, you'd open the door, and it would say, Good morning! And it would say all sorts of other things that it had learned in the house. But there are many voices. You and I have to choose which voice we listen to. And I want to encourage you in this season, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the voice of God. And as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the kind of how unsettled things are, I thought back to this period in Israel's history, which I referred to before, when the Jewish people were taken captive. The nation of Israel was taken captive in two stages, by the Assyrians first, and then by the Babylonians. And the, the Babylonians, um, when, the, when, the, um, when they were taken captive, God prophesied that they would be captive for 70 years. That's seven zero years. That's a long time. Seventy is a lifetime. Three score years and ten that God speaks about. Seventy years is a lifetime. So God said, I'm going to take your, your nation into captivity for a lifetime. And we, we talk often about the psalm that says, you know, by the rivers, there's a song. I won't even try to sing it. You know, by, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and there we wept into the river, and so on and so forth. It comes from one of the Psalms. But at the same time, the Jeremiah, Jeremiah the prophet spoke to the people, and he said this. And I, I love this, this verse because he, God says this, and it's one of the most, uh, uh, most well-known verses uh, in, the, in the Old Testament. And it's one that people quote very often. Jeremiah 29, 10 to 12. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and I will perform my good work toward you and cause you to return to this place. Okay. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. In other words, God says, I'm telling you now, prophetically, there's a 70-year period of time that you will be in captivity. You can pray, you can fast, you can bang your head against the wall, you can weep, you can wail by the rivers of Babylon, but it's not going to change this set season and this set period of time. Sometimes, and I, I, sometimes there are set seasons and times which God sets in place which 
We just have to learn how to navigate that season rather than trying to change the circumstances. Are you hearing me? So often we want to change the circumstances. How do we change the circumstances? We change the circumstances by either, uh, either becoming frustrated and trying to, trying to, to, to you know, change the environment. Maybe we move. You know, let, let's, let's go to wherever. You know, let's, ah, let me go to that beautiful tropical island where they have a nice surf break and I can live in a... Anyway, no. My idea of paradise. No. So what do you do? God says, 70 years. So what do we do in this season? We don't know the times. We don't know the season. We don't know how long this particular season will last. We don't know what's going to go on. But one thing we do know, and God reveals to us through His Word in this passage of Scripture, is very, very important and very powerful. And I want to share that with you right now. So this is what God says. This God says, this is what's happening. 70 years. Okay, so what do we do in that 70 years? Are we going to weep? Are we going to wail? Are we going to become forlorn? Are we going to, you know, give up? This is what God says. Moving on from here, in actual fact, this is, this is preceding what God says. These are the earlier verses, but God's telling them what they should do in this season. And this is important for us to understand because this relates to us right now what we should do in this season. You're all very quiet. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried exile into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. I like that. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Where's there? In Babylon, in exile, in an idolatrous land. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city in which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Pray for Babylon. Pray for the leaders in Babylon. Pray for the leaders uh, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. What an amazing passage of Scripture. God is saying in the midst of this season, this is what you've got to do. I want you to build houses. I want you to plant your gardens. I want you to continue to do what you were doing. And I want you to prosper in this season, not spend all your time trying to, trying to get out of the circumstances, but prosper in the circumstances, prosper in the midst of everything that's going on around about you, and build. And, I, and God says, if you do that, I will prosper you. And then pray for Babylon. Babylon was the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and the Persians. Probably the Assyrians were the worst of the three, but the Babylonians were a barbaric race of people at the time. And, and, and the way that they invaded countries and, and the way that they treated their prisoners and the way that... But they were, they were, they, they were an idolatrous, ungodly nation. And yet God says, 
in the midst of that idolatrous land, in the midst of all that's going on around about, pray for it, prosper in it, flourish in it, and God will, and, and, and God will prosper you and God will prosper it. What does that mean for you and me? It means in the midst of this season, let's stop focusing on so much of the stuff that's going on around about and let's just build, let's just plant, let's just marry, let's just have kids, let's just prosper, let's just flourish in the midst of it and let's pray for our city, pray for our nation, pray for our land, Pray for the world that, God will, that God's kingdom will come and his will be done in Jesus' name. I have a story that I want to close with as our worship team comes up. When one time Ben and Bo and I went up to Oregon where um, Bo was very keen to go to the University of Oregon. So we went up there to take a look at it and and Ben wanted to go to the University of Washington, and we went up there. Um, and and we got on a we got the last seats I think on the plane. And unfortunately, the last seats on the plane were first class. So we had to, by virtue of the fact that there were no other seats, we were forced to sit in first class. And I was was very uncomfortable. Um, but w- this guy got on the plane. And he was, looked like, you know, he had a Louis Vuitton kind of rucksack and he had long hair and uh, he, he looked, he, you know, and the boys looked at him and, and we thought, he's a, he's, a, uh, he's a rock star or he's some kind of, you know, he just kind of had that air about him. And anyway, I sat on him. I sat next to him. I didn't, I didn't sit on him. <laughs> that would not have been good. But I sat, he virtually sat on me, by the way. It's a long story. Uh, but he, he, I sat next to him, or he sat next to me. And as it turned out, you know, he, in a very long conversation, he was, he was, the, he was the guy, uh, his name's T-Dog Tucker, and he's the guy who started Volcom, uh, a very, you know, well-known uh, brand, and he had sold it. And he moved out of Orange County because he wanted to get his, his kids out of Orange County. And uh, as we took off and as we flew out, he looked down the window because we were having this conversation that went on the whole flight. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to watch a movie. But I got talking to him the whole flight, which was awesome. I was able to share my testimony with him, which he repeated at full volume so everyone in the cabin could hear it. And he looked out the window and he pointed down at Orange County and he said, that's Babylon. That's Babylon. As we flew out. And I thought to myself, that's why I live there. That's why I live there. So I can be the salt of the earth. I can be the light of the world. I can make a difference. When kids at our school are going at the age of 13, 14 years old into the restrooms and snorting coke and getting into all the drugs that they're getting into and all the stuff that's that's going on in the schools. Hey, I want to stand up and I want to make a difference in Babylon. 
I want to be there. I want to build in Babylon. I want to plant in Babylon. I want to reap in Babylon. I want to do something for the glory of God where He's placed me. And I will not be distracted by the chatter. I will not be distracted by the pressure. I will not be distracted by that. And I believe that's the kind of church that God has called us to be. The kind of church that can make a difference in our world. Why? Because of the love, grace, and goodness of God. So as a church, let's be agents of change. Not just looking for rest and looking for restoration, which God promises to us, but let's be the kind of people that bring rest, that bring restoration to our city and beyond in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen to that? Give Jesus a big hand of praise. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship God for a moment, and then I want to pray for you. Our team are going to lead us in that song, Let the uh, Ruins Come to Life. Let the ruins come to life. Think about that phrase. This is speaking about the restoration. Remember Zechariah, the rebuilding of Jerusalem after the captivity. Let the ruins come to life. Hey, what, what ruins are there that have been left? What ruins from... 2020 what ruins from COVID what what has been lost what needs to be restored let them come to life new life I'm speaking new life over you I'm speaking new life over our church I'm speaking new life over our city I'm speaking new life over this nation and our world let the ruins come to life as we worship God together let this be a prayer from your heart that God would restore double in Jesus' name, that He would bring rest and peace that can only come through Jesus to our generation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's worship together. <laughs>